All right, and away we go. It is the BCJ podcast presented by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. Make sure you are visiting our friends as frequently as possible, our longtime sponsor, the Holy Grail at the Banks. And uh, get ready because we got a couple busy Saturdays coming up at the Grail. Uh, this Saturday, get down there for the FC Cincinnati game at noon. Uh, and then the following two Saturdays, Cincinnati at SMU. And at UCF, we will have watch parties and uh, all the goings-on at the Grail. The SMU game uh, for the 15th kickoff at noon. So a little lunch. A little lunch at the Grail for everybody. So make sure you are making your plans now to join us and support the people that make these shows possible and uh, the people that make it possible for Aaron to do the AAC recap in perpetuity <laughs> from now until forever. All right, let's get going. Big show tonight. Uh, <laughs> bye week for football, and, and and the excitement around the basketball program is heating up. The media poll was released today from the American Athletic Conference. The Bearcats were picked third in the conference. Practice is underway. There are potentially things that are going to happen over the you know in the next two or three weekends that we're not allowed to talk about. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Just saying. Yep. Uh, we 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 went to the well today and called in a favor, and my good friend, Cincinnati associate head coach Chad Dollar joins us. Does that are you used to that yet? Does that still have a a good ring to it when you hear it? Uh, it definitely has a good ring. Um, I hadn't got used to it yet, but uh, it definitely has a, a good ring to when you when you hear that. One hundred percent. You, you've been in this game for a long time, associate head coach at a program like this, one of the historic top 10 programs of all time. What's that mean to you? Like, what, what's that? What's that? How's that make you feel inside to know you've accomplished that? Oh, uh, it means a whole lot. I mean, this program was built on some, um, some wonderful players that, that played here that, you know, historically have been the best in college basketball. Some of the coaches, also, I mean, this last weekend, you know, we honored um, the Final Four teams. And so, yeah, just to be associate head coach here at, at UC, it, it means a whole lot to me. Dave? I was going to – you brought that up. That's kind of what I wanted to ask you about was what was that experience like this past weekend, uh, having the guys back from the 92 Final Four team, the 93 Elite Eight team, you know, getting to know those guys and just kind of take us in a little bit to – to what those guys had to say to the to you guys as coaches to the players just kind of the whole weekend what was that experience like oh it was an unbelievable experience uh just being around guys that have, have accomplished uh some wonderful things in their in their career you know when you're talking about final fours and, and representing UC the way they did and and it kind of it kind of hit me a little bit too hit me home a little bit because uh, when I was younger I used to watch Herbert Jones uh, play in high school. And so, uh, so that, you know, just, you know, seeing his teammates, seeing the, the little shirt they had with his, with his, with his picture on it, uh, we kind of went back for me even farther than UC, uh, because I remember watching him in high school and then also watching when he played at UC. Just the overall like, uh, vibe this weekend to have hugs back. And I know Wes and, and coach Huggins have kind of started to, to develop a good relationship. Did it give you an even deeper appreciation for 
what this place is about and what it means to those guys? Oh, yes, it did. You know, just seeing the bond that they had, uh, the excitement, uh, seeing each other, being there for each other, uh, coming back together. Um, it just it makes me even more hungry to try to try to help this team accomplish what they have accomplished. And and just seeing them guys and this, it, it was I man, I was I picked I picked a couple of guys up from the from the hotel, took them over there. I mean, I just I just wanted to just honor them. You man, and that and that's kind of what uh Coach West uh Miller we talked about is just trying to make sure these guys understand how much they mean to us uh being here at UC. So this is to, to get to the team because that's that's what the people are here for. They want to hear how you guys are looking, where things are at as, as you're going through this preseason process. Still a lot of new guys. You bring in three freshmen. You bring in three transfers. Um, but it seems like with the foundation that that is returning, the, the seven guys that are returning plus CJ, mm-hmm. um, it feels like this is a team that has a pretty good vibe to it already. It feels like chemistry is always good in the off season, yeah, but it feels yeah. like this is a group of guys that genuinely seem to, to kind of vibe with each other already. I, I agree with that. I mean, uh, this past weekend, again, we was, um, I was literally walking uh, a recruit to his, to the car and the whole team was coming to the football game. Uh, it was literally um, the whole team. They was together. And, um, and so when you see stuff like that off the court, uh, then that's going to carry on the court. Uh, the guys are coming together. They're working hard every day. Uh, they're, they're taking instruction really well. Um, they pushing each other. Uh, they're competing against each other. Uh, I like the direction that we're going in right now. Uh, I really do. I'm excited about it. Uh, we got to continue to, to, to work on some detailed things from a defensive standpoint. Um, and then also from an offensive standpoint, too, of opening the floor up a little bit more than we did uh, last year. Go ahead, Dave. Obviously, we're still early in the preseason practice stage of things, but kind of take us to where you see the biggest changes, biggest evolution in the team kind of from this point last year to where we are today and the things that you know you're most excited about to see how that keeps growing. I, I, the thing that I'm excited about is is our balance. Um, I thought last year we had to rely on certain guys uh, from an offensive standpoint a whole lot. Um, and then when they weren't having success offensively, then we struggled offensively. Uh, but I think this year we have a, we have a, a good balance uh, when it comes to guys that can score the basketball. Um, and some guys came back this summer. Uh, this Again, the coach mentioned this a couple of times, but – this is the first summer some of these guys ever had to improve, whether yeah. it's in the weight room, whether it's work on the shot. And so, uh, you know, I think from an offensive standpoint of being able to, to score the basketball, uh, having more guys that can can shoot it and, and, and also create some things offensively is, is one of the biggest difference I see so far. I heard Landers Nolly messing around with David DeJulius one day before an open gym. And they were picking teams, and you know how guys give each mm-hmm. other a hard time. Mm-hmm. And and Dave was like, you know, we're gonna cook you. And Landers is like, all we gotta do is shut you down and run somebody at JD, and ain't nobody <laughs> else here to <laughs> score. Like I already know your scouting report. Yeah, 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 yeah. How how difficult was that last year when teams really started kind of 
the, the blueprint was out on how to take away or at least limit you offensively. Mm-hmm. How difficult was getting through that and and with Landers, obviously, mm-hmm. and, and with some of the the growth from the returning guys and mm-hmm. the, the talent of the incoming guys, how much is that going to be different this year? Because you're not trying to just grind out every single point you can get. Yeah, so so last year, you know, starting off the year, you you kind of can surprise people a little bit. Um, you know, we have a new team, new staff. So you kind of can hit people by surprise a little bit. And But as you get into conference, and conference play is 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 um, <laughs> conference play is tough, and people yeah. start to scout, and people start to watch you watch your games even more. Uh, then then it becomes really really difficult when you're limited offensively of, of how you can score. And so as we progress through that, uh, it was tough. But again, this program is um, at the end of the day is is built on our defensive principles. And, and being able to stop guys and being able to rebound. And so that's how we was able to to maintain, maintain some things through through them rough stretches when it offensively. Dave? Defensively, you know, a lot of the times to be a great defensive player team, you need some premium effort, some premium athleticism. How do you coach, you know, just to be better defensively? I know that was a thing at times – Last year, the team the team struggled out. What are kind of the key things that you guys work on overall to just be a more sound, you know, better defensive team? Well, yeah, like an old coach told me, we got to keep recruiting. That's one thing we got to do. We got to keep recruiting. But I would say this: um, from day one, we we have defensive boot camp. That's what we call it. And so from 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 day one, we put in our defensive principles and we just keep pounding on them and keep consistently staying on them and just letting them understand that how important it is. When they hear from all the coaches, whether it's one coach telling them to go get back on get back in transition, whereas one coach telling them with high hands, is one coach telling them to make sure they sprint and not slide. Um, that's how you're gonna get things to where you want to go. You're going to make sure you got to continually hone on the details and the details defense is what we've been really, really consistently talking about all day and all night. I mean, coach will call me at times at night to talk about defense and talk, call me sometimes more time, but then he wants to talk about offense too. So we, we having them, these conversations in the preseason, but they, if you come in our office now, it's a war room and we got, we got different, different offensive plays up, different defensive plays up, and just trying to figure out everything as we move forward in the preseason. Wes is a guy at his previous stop, and I know you weren't there with him, but is a guy at his previous stop that wanted to pressure defensively. Mm-hmm. Maybe not always full court, maybe three-quarter court, maybe pick up at half court, but he always wanted to, to take teams out of their offense. Mm-hmm. Last year, maybe you didn't have the length to do some of the things that he wanted to do defensively. Is this a team that's going to be able, maybe not fully in his image of how he wants to play defense, but is this a team that's going to be able to do more of that defensively? Yes, it is. I mean, I think one thing that we did uh, this summer as a staff, we we got some, um, our wings are really long. I mean, we got some really big wings uh, what we wanted to try to improve on when it came from a recruiting standpoint. And so now we're going to be able to get out in the, in the lanes and pressure a little bit more. And then we've been also pressing the full court a little bit more than we did last year. 
Last year was kind of limited when it comes to the pressure that coach really likes, but this year we, we are definitely going to try to amp it up a little bit when it comes to our pressure defense. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go kind of guy by guy a little bit here. Maybe Woo! give me a little bit, a little bit of what has stood out to you uh, about each guy through the summer and into the start of workouts. We'll start with the returning guys. Leading scorer last year, David DeJulius. Um, he came back, mm -hmm. which I, I know was you guys had to. You got sometimes you got to recruit your own roster. Man, when he told me he was coming back, well, I was the one happy. I slept, but I was so happy when he said that. He, now, when he told us coming back, that was a, that was a really big for our program. Him coming back, um, and him just understanding that too, understanding and you know the biggest thing for Dave is is uh, leadership. You know, um, this year we're gonna we we're gonna coach him harder this year than we did last year. Not that we didn't coach him hard last year, but we 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 he's he's gonna be one of our leaders, and you always want to be able to put more pressure on your leader, and uh, and he's doing a good job with that. And he's doing a good job of being our leader. He's doing a good job of. Um, I mean, I see him in the gym. I mean, he's walking to the gym early, standing in the gym late, watching film on his own. Um, so he he's setting the example that we need to have him set. And if he continues to do that, he's going to have a good year this year. We'll move now to a guy that has only been here a year, but he's a Bearcat. The way he plays, his demeanor, the way he carries himself. Uh, John Newman, who I, I think has a chance to kind of be that glue. You know, if Dave's going to be one of your go-to scorers, I think John's got a chance – to be that guy that, that does the things that impact winning, what kind of uh, offseason has he had and, and into practice? And, and he's one of the guys that <clears throat> that we talk about that really had – this is one of the first time he really had a good offseason. He had some injuries uh, early in his career where he wasn't able to have the, um, the offseason that he needed. Uh, and, and, you know, it's his mentality. You know what yeah. I mean? He's, he's bringing it every day. Every single day he's bringing it, and we need for him to be. Uh, he, we need for him to be that glue guy, like you said. We need for him to to be the guy that you know what we need you to go out here and stop this guy de defensively. You know we need you to hit this open jump shot when you have it. Uh, we need for him to do the things that are necessary to win. And every good team, every good team that I've been a part of, uh, that I've seen, they always have them guys like that. And them guys are like the most important piece to your puzzle. A guy that can do things that pretty much nobody else want to do. And sometimes, right. and so now he's he had a really he's 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 definitely gonna have a good year this year. How has his offense developed this offseason? You know what he he's worked really hard on his on his jump shot. Um, I'm, he's worked really hard on his free throws. I mean that's something that he needed to to work on also. And so offensively he he's gonna be he's gonna be better offensively. And, and a lot of it is a mentality. I tell them all the time, like, man, it's a mentality, man. You 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 can shoot the basketball. You you can hit open jump shots. You can hit your free throws. And uh, but when you put in the time, then that's when you you have the confidence to be able to do the things you you know you know you you worked on. Let's go to the hometown kid, a, a guy that uh, from I, rave reviews is what I, all I've heard this off season in the evolution and the development not only on the court but off the court of jeremiah davenport 100 you know uh he he's really um you know we call him two times you know what i mean and 
And uh, you're talking about a Cincinnati guy. You're talking about a Bearcat. Um, he loves Cincinnati. I mean, and he wears it on his shoulder. I mean, and, and he, he's worked really hard this summer um, trying to be a complete basketball player, um, not just being a, a guy that can catch and shoot, but a guy can make the open pass, make the next one pass that we've been talking a lot in practice about, making the next pass, the next one. And, uh, and but, but then he's also trying, you know, he's improving on defensively too. You know, that's something that, that he he knows that he, that he can continue to improve on. And now once you get to the offense, then now the defense, now you got all conference player right there. Right. And so um, he's doing a great job. And, and again, maturing off the court and on the court. And usually that works hand in hand. It usually works hand in hand. When you, when you see that, then again, you have you have your good player. Micah Adams Woods. Um, he's had a lot of bright spots in his Cincinnati career. Maybe last year the 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 burden placed on him when Dave and mm-hmm. and um, JD became kind of the focus of the scouting report pushed him out of his comfort zone a little bit. I think some people have Mike is kind of Shuey's kind of the forgotten guy because because of all the additions and you know all the change in the roster. From what I've seen, and you've obviously seen a lot more than me. Mm-hmm because the NCAA rules are stupid and don't yeah. let me come watch practice this know, summer. But anyhow, yeah, um, can't I, I, I can say it. You can't yeah. say it. I can yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah. Um, it feels like Shuey has had a really good offseason as well. It feels like he's had the right mindset. He hasn't – he didn't get mad that there was more competition brought in. He said, okay, like, let, let's go. Let's, this, is, this is to make us better and to win. Now I got to step my game up. Exactly. And uh... – when you think about experience on our team and you think about the minutes that guys are played, um, especially the UC guys, I mean, you think about the games he's been a part of, it's right there. He's right there. He's, he's at the top of the list with yeah. the experience, the games he's played. Um, and now, again, it's about being a complete basketball player, which he knows. Um it's kind of when you see one guy in the gym early, then next night, night, now you got another guy in the gym early, and he's been putting in the time this summer. And and the thing I say about Shuey is that this is what thing that I really, really, I wake up every day thinking about them. He stayed at UC. He could have left. Would have been he very. Could've he could have left. He stayed, and coach told him we was going to recruit other guys, and he said, "Okay, I want to be, a, I want to be a Bearcat." And so that, that that means something to me. That really means something to me that a guy that's going, you know, he's going to be in the foxhole with me. Now, every every player going to have the ups and downs and, you know, but uh, that's my job as a coach and our job as a staff when he has them down moments and just remind him, hey, man, this this is what you want. You wanted this. And so he continued to do a good job uh, with, his, with, his, with his attitude um, and, and he's going to have a good year also. Talk about guys with great attitude. Odie Oguamo, always a smile on his face, always a work hard guy, uh, always a guy that that I know Mike Rayfelt loves because he gets in the the weight room and does his work. What areas uh, has Odie worked on this summer? How can he get better to help this team um, down low? You know, Odie, we need him to rebound the basketball. We need him to be a force on the boards. Uh, we need him to roll. We need him to seal because he's really good at sealing the post. We need him to demand them boards, man. That's what we really need him. And, and he understands that. Uh, 
every big man want to shoot and, and go out and hound it. You know, <laughs> that's hey, it's all of them. I, and I don't mind him shooting when he's open. I don't mind it. I don't mind him shooting the fifteen footer when he's open. But for us to be successful, we need him to dominate the glass, which I've seen him do. We need his energy, um, and and he's one of the best role finishers uh, in the conference when he when he you know when he's doing it. His thing is he's the one guy that can rebound. And I don't say one guy, but he's a guy that can rebound out of area. Yes. You've got yes. a lot of area rebounders. Yes. Odie's the guy because of his athleticism and his length. He can really, if he focuses on it and makes it priority one, can be your one guy that you can say, go get it. No doubt. No doubt. I remember uh, when we was recruiting him and, and, you know, every time we recruit guys, we'll, we'll go into the war room. We'll watch a lot of tape on, you know, try to get a better feel for him offensively and defense. And one thing that stuck out to me was him rebounding out his area, his energy. Yeah. Um, and he, I mean, he, he was all over the glass. And and, all this, and that's one thing that uh, if he can do that for us this year, that's going to be that's gonna be really big for our team and, and for our success. And that's what Coach been telling them guys, you know, like, hey, it's, it's about what is best for the team. Yeah. And, and that's one thing we've been preaching on. And, 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 again, we want him to really – man, if he can dominate the glass. And again, now he's another guy this summer also been working on his free throws, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, we had a couple guys doing that. You know, I just said John did it, but he's been working on his free throws also. And so hopefully that would that would definitely carry on to the season also. The other guy that you've got that's kind of that combo forward, big, you know, use him in some different ways, but also needs to be a guy that helps you a lot on the glass is Jared Hensley. Um his body looks great. Strangely enough, maybe breaking his hand improved his jump shot mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he kind of had to change his mechanics mm-hmm. a little bit in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, he got a chance to go overseas and, and play with the Team USA group in uh, in what Spain, I think it was. Yep, yep, yep. Um, where's Jared at? Because I everybody's so positive about Jared. Yeah, and, and again, when you have a good team, when you have a good program. You want to see, you know, you want to see and you want to hear your guys in the gym all the time. You want to hear and see them uh, in the weight room all the time. And, and, and Jared's a guy like no one's going to outwork Jared. Um, he, he's he's going to put the time in. He's going to do everything we ask him to do. Um, and, and, and he's and his time is coming. And again, that's another guy that that didn't play as much as he wanted to play last year. Um, came back, stuck it out, which is a big thing in college athletics now. The really big oh, thing you find easy guys for that, everybody to leave. Yeah, you, you find guys that want to be a part of your program, and and he's the guy that that's, you know, stayed here and, and worked extremely hard. And we looking for big things for Jerry. Like he's he's a versatile guy. I mean, you you probably gonna laugh when I say that, but I told Coach one day we was, we was driving recruit. I said, Coach, we play him at the five. I mean, you know, because <laughs> he's a guy that that I just feel like that. Uh, no, I'm not saying coach go play him at the five now. I, I, I would just I, that's how high I was on Jay. I, I want I just want him to have so much success. I want him to, to be get his chance on the court and, and and do the thing that that I feel like he can do to to help us win. Real quick, appreciate you, Tonk. Cincinnati's so lucky to have Chad Dollar representing our program. Future is bright. Sending some love from Dallas. As always, we appreciate you, Tonk. You get a little love in the chat Thank for you there, yeah, I coach. appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I'll get that $5 to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, finally, Vic, uh, you talk about a guy that hasn't had an offseason. Yeah. 
he yeah. came over. He, he they found the knee issue when he got here last year. He was dealing with that some of that again, and then never really, <laughs> never really got going. Mm-hmm. How's Vic been? You know, we talked about this with Jeremiah also when you talk about um, off the court, on the court, but people don't realize when Vic when he got when he got to Cincinnati, COVID hit, and he had an injury. So he's stuck in his apartment with an injury. So he's not able to come out and, and, and meet people and talk to people and mingle in the UC community. And, uh, and so him off the court has been, he's, he's been so much better off the court, just smiling more now and just happy more. Now he's healthy too, um, and which is a positive thing. And uh, we're expecting big things from him. He's another guy that can rebound out of his area. Um, he's another guy that got a great feel when it comes to scoring around the basket um, and, and his athleticism. Now, he's a, he's a really, really quick jumper. Um, we're really expecting big things from Vic. We, we know he's healthy now um, and, and he's taking care of his body. And again, had an offseason with our, with our great strength and conditioning coach. Uh, they're strengthening his body up and the muscles around his knees and things of that nature, which is so important. And so we're looking for him to have a big, big year this year. Sneaky, one of my favorite parts about him, hands. Yeah. Quick hands. For a yeah. guy that big, yeah. he gets a lot of steals, just good anticipation. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's a good point. That's a good point. And um, and he just, I mean, I I, I, I love him to death, man. He, 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 people don't know this. And I'm going to tell you, he can really draw. He's an artist, man. He, he like he yeah. sits in it. He has some beautiful art that I seen the other day. And uh, but no, nah, Vic is really gonna be a, a, a good player for this year. And and, and um and again, he's healthy right now, which is very, very important for our team and for him also. Let's get to the newcomers. Um I think people for some reason I can't understand it, but you've got a guy on your team that two years ago was first team all-American athletic conference. Mm. And last year, for whatever reason, given the situation mm-hmm. in Memphis, for whatever reason, he didn't back up that year uh, with another great year. Mm-hmm. I don't think much of that was his fault, but that's a conversation for a different day. Yeah, yeah. I think like people are kind of treating Landers Nolly as like a, an afterthought. And I think he's got a chance to return to form as one of the top, absolute top players in this league. He definitely does. I, I tell him all the time because I've been knowing him for a long, long time. I, I mean, I, I, I've been knowing the family and been knowing him for a long time. And he got to get that chip back on his shoulder. And, and that's what he – he always had that chip on his shoulder. And and he got to get that chip and let that chip stay on his shoulder the whole time. And, and if he does that, um, he's going to have a great, great year for us. And the thing that I've been most surprised about is, is – um, Man, I mean, I knew he can shoot the basketball, which people knew he's, he can score. Yeah. But um, he, he's really a good passer also. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes too unselfish at sometimes. And uh, and that's been a surprise the way he can pass the basketball. And and, and coach is going to push him to get his, you know, continue to work on his defense and get his, you know, because he has the ability to play defense. And, um, and But, you know, just being in a new scheme and things of that nature, um, but now he's going to have a really, really good year for us, and I'm excited uh, to have him. Um, you know, he's been he's been he's been a, a great to be around, and again, that's that's part of a good team too, man. Just you know, I I come in to practice, I see him. They they 
they smiling even when they don't want to practice sometimes they still smiling and and uh but just being around these guys and he's one of the guys that's just been a joy to be around and i'm i'm looking for him to have a really big year this also i i gave him i had some fun with him about it i i have to ask you we haven't talked to were you in spartanburg that weekend that he lost his mind for team loaded uh, it was unbelievable I, top three. I, I, I got something better for you okay i was in maui when he went crazy oh yeah at virginia tech at virginia tech and so he better duplicate that. That's what I'm telling you. I, mean, I don't hear nothing else. And, and we got to get the we got to get the wins. That's the most important thing. We got to get that the was. Wins. But no, nah, that that I was that I was definitely Spomberg when he did that. I was there. I was definitely was there. I, I was calling Larry Davis after every game, going LD. I don't like. I I know you guys are plugged in with Team Loaded. I barely know who this kid is. <laughs> We're on day four, and he hasn't missed a shot. Like uh, he's yeah, made yeah. everything in the gym. Yeah, yeah. It was it was unbelievable. It was it was a lot of one of the more fun because usually that lasts a day or two. Yeah, yeah. He was hot for five days, like no. sizzling. Yeah. And there were a lot of pissed off mid major coaches at that event too. No, no, you're right, you're right because he that was kind of like, like like his come out party that that yeah that, that tournament. Yeah. He said it changed his life. By Sunday, he had like 50, 50 power five offers. <laughs> um, let's go to to Rob Fennessy. Uh, has played, you talk about a guy that's played a ton mm-hmm. and has played a ton at a high level. Yeah. Um, yeah. What does Rob bring to this team? What have you seen from him so far? You know, the thing, um, again, when we was, when, uh, as a staff, when we was recruiting Rob, and um, this is his toughness. Um, you know, he, and again, his toughness, his experience, uh, someone that that's going to command the team, uh, when it comes to getting us, getting us, getting our team in the in the right spots offensively and defensively, and um, and just like you say, he's got game experience, big game experience, and and, and that that's something that can really uh, help our program and help us this year, being able to someone that you can rely on. You know what I mean? And that and as a as a head coach, uh, Coach Miller. He, he, you know, the point guard or guard, you know, that now they call it guard four, but whatever you want to call it now, he got to be an extension of coach. And um, his defensive mindset um, is something that coach like. Um, and that's the same thing, with, you know, when it comes to um, with Shuey. Shuey's, Shuey's, you know, work is really good on, his, you know, defense for also. That's, and so, no, nah, Rob, Rob is really um, – it's going to be a really good addition to us. And um, I like his um, – his work ethic. Um, I'm usually doing what we call vitamins with him. Um, and he's always, you know, down there ready to go. And, you know, I tell you this, I, the other day doing the vitamins, I said, Hey man, what you want to do? I mean, you've been doing this thing. A lot. I said, you've been playing a long time. I said, tell me is, 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 what you want to work on right now. And sometimes I, I, I like to hear guys feedback when it, when I do that sometimes, but now nah, he's going to be really good for us also. And it feels like him and Chewy have done a great job battling. Oh, it's been great. And that's, again, that's a, that's a good program. That's a good team. When um, you got guys, you know, competing with each other, whereas, you know, whether it's Dave and Chewy or Rob and Chewy or Chewy and whoever, uh, they are working together. And whether it's Landers, you know, you want to compete. When you step between the lines, you want to go at each other. You want to compete. Then when you get off, and then after that, we family. But when we were between the lines and 
when we have the black team, the white team, uh, you want to you want to make you want to compete to make your guy, your brother better and, and vice versa. So now nah, that, that's been really good so far in, in, in doing the preseason. Third transfer and, and not in terms of importance, but just the mm-hmm. third one that we're getting to. Yeah. Kalua Zekpe can play some four, can play some five. Really good mid-range game. Taller than he's taller than he looks. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. 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 He, definitely, definitely. When you see no. him, he looks maybe a little undersized. But then when you get next to him and you see him standing with the other guys, you're like, no, this guy's six eight. Like yeah. right, he's right in that range. No. 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 I, to be. no he's um. Again, he's one of the kids. Uh, I also saw him in high school. Um, um, and then I kind of lost touch with him when he went to uh, ODU, Old Dominion, uh, yeah. Old Dominion this, this, you know, this, this, this few years. Um, but another coach in that league, when he when we got him, they said, Coach, I'm telling you. Well, guy I respect. I, I, I work with the guy. He's like, he's going to be good for you. Um, and we, he, I mean, his, you know, he's really, really, he's more athletic than people think. And that's because of his wide shoulders and his body. Yeah. Kind of, he was talking about that. But he's, he can really get off the floor pretty pretty good. Great mid-range. Um, he's a guy that can be, you know, he's going to be able to hound the ball a little bit out there. And so now you get a, a big guy that's that might be guarding him and we can, put, we can open the floor up and let him kind of, you know, start our offense maybe or do some what we call Zoom action with him and uh, – but now nah, he he's gonna be really good, and you know I, I tell you this he he really taking coaching, which is important. I mean, cause coaches on him because and I always say this: if the coach not talking to you, that's a problem, right? <laughs> and that's a big problem. And and coach is pushing him uh, because he knows how important he is for our team, and he know how good he can be. And so um, so now I'm 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 thrilled that he's here. Um, I mean, he's. I mean, he's gonna be good for us. And um, again, he's another guy that's when when he when it's time that the lights come on, uh, the fans gonna be excited about him. First freshman to commit, I think maybe surprised some people with his work when he got here. His the work he had done coming into Cincinnati because he looks like a different kid. When, when the pictures of you guys went up, like in, in when you first started classes, and they put a picture of the team up working out. Mm-hmm. I didn't recognize Sage. Mm-hmm. It looked like a different human. He has worked hard. He's got some skill to him. I, I think maybe it's not this year. We don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when he gets a chance, when it's his time, I think this is a kid that's got a chance at the five to be skilled, long, pretty athletic, can shoot, can rebound, block shots. Like, I'm excited about Sage. No, I, I, you know, the thing about him that I – that it's hard sometimes to measure when you're recruiting a kid as a staff is just his toughness. You know, it's been some times in practice, he's taking charges and, and, and that that's big, you know, that that's the big sticky chest in there and it takes some charges and, 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 and coach Roberts worked with him um, all the time because he, he works with, with the bigs a lot and, um, and he's taking coaching um, and, um, I've been impressed. I've been impressed with his toughness. I've been impressed with his attitude. Um, and, and I'm expecting big things. And I, I tell people this story all the time that I've been around two programs. When I was at LSU, this kid named Tyrus Thomas, um, they red-shirted him. Red-shirted him. He ended up in the NBA. 
Mm-hmm. Um, then I was at Georgia and uh, Nick Claxton. He didn't average double figures at all. Double figures in the, he never had a double figure game in, in the SEC. And then he ended up in the NBA after time. Big guys take a little time. And I'm not saying that he's not going to contribute this year because we might need him this year. Right, we don't know. Right. We don't know what's going to happen. Right. But um, but when you got a seven footer that's, that's willing to work and, and got some tough time and, and he's going to listen to the coaching, um, then he's he's going to have a chance. He's going to have a chance to be successful. And I'm excited to have him and his family um, here at UC. Have you had the food truck? I love the food truck. Oh, it's so Hey, good. the fruit truck, we, I got to tell you the story. So okay. the fruit truck is is got some some rice, is the fried rice. They got some, they have they have white rice and then they also have some fried rice depending hey, on what you Hey, fried rice with the pork, the little like the hey. kind of bacon style pork, yeah. The fried yeah. rice we use we use the fried rice when we time to, it's time to get people to you know what they say you can't say it but right yeah, <laughs> you know, but that fried rice is good the fried, Heck yeah hey, that the family's great too they yeah they, man they just they just, they they so excited and and I mean it just it's just been a pleasure to be around them and and, and seeing them um, you know and uh, he started his business you know what I mean that's you know people have a vision and sometimes and. And it's always exciting to see people's vision come to reality. Uh, Josh Reed, ultimate Atlanta guy. Uh, This is a young man that I interviewed him for the first time. And about two minutes into the interview, I went, huh, 16-year-old that's smarter than me. How about that? (laughs) Not that that's difficult, but (laughs) this is a kid that when you talk to him, different level in terms of what you normally expect from a 17 year old yeah, he's well yeah. put together he's smart in that I, to me from what i've seen that shows on the basketball court he's mm-hmm. cerebral he plays with great iq I, I i'm a big josh reed guy my bold prediction on josh reed he will leave cincinnati as a thousand point score you know he's um he's amazing i'll tell you that because even recruiting him you 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 have to watch him to really appreciate his game and what he does. Um, and because he's he's usually going to be in the right spots, mm-hmm. he's usually going to make the right pass, um, he's usually going to take the right shot. And ultimately, when you start adding that up, that's, that sounds like a good basketball player. And uh, and that's what he's done, you know, throughout his high school uh, career. And I expect him to do the same thing as he, um, you know, started out, you know, being here at UC. Uh, just a guy that understands what we're doing, um, you know, always um, listening and, and trying to find that edge from the from a mental standpoint that sometimes guys don't take advantage of. And uh, but he's one that does that. Now he's really he's really surprised me a little bit about his his athleticism and moving and being, yeah, being able to guard the basketball. So you know, again. So, so we gonna push him, you know what I mean? And again, he's come from good, good program. Uh, his program he went to, you know, is he got a Pace great, academy. Yeah, a great coach, um, and, and he put a found a great founder and his AAU coach also. I want to give both of them guys credit because um, his AAU coach also coached another kid on our team, and um, and so uh, they got you know he really put a good foundation of of, of teaching and learning and. And not just uh, throwing the basketball up, but really yeah. putting a good foundation for them guys to be successful in college. 
I, I got to ask, were you there when they took him on the tour of the geology department and described was, the people in the geology department's reaction when a basketball player came in? The, I, I would tell you this. I was definitely there. Now, I didn't know what I didn't have to, I saw these rocks and stuff. I was like, what? I didn't know nothing. <laughs> I was like, I didn't need a basketball, you know. I, I, I didn't know nothing. But that's not what you know, I meant by throw me the rocks. I, I would tell you this. This is what I did. I learned through his, his recruiting process. Is uh UC is a really good academic school, also. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to our program. Uh, people try to try to knock us from an academic standpoint, but when, with him, he visited Boston College, he visited Northwestern, uh, them good academic schools. Oh, and he was serious yeah. about academics. And he was serious about academics. It wasn't lip service. Hey, so I tell you, so during that process, I had to learn more about our academic side because we had a kid and his family that wanted to know more about that. I'm not yeah. saying that some other kids that did not didn't want to know that. For them, it was at the top of the board. Like it was, exactly. it was a priority. Exactly, it was definitely a priority to him. And so, I really learned a lot more about the, you know his academics and things he needed to you know know uh, when it comes to the academic stuff. Yeah. And finally, Daniel Skillings. He's added 15, 20 pounds since he got here. This kid has a chance if he puts in the work, and I, I have no reason to believe that he won't. From everything I've learned about Dan. He's got a chance to be a first-team all-conference type guy down the road. His future is very bright. All right, so I'll tell you this. Again, recruiting, you just you, – you do your best to try to get to know kids, know the families. He is an unbelievable kid. Yeah. Unbelievable kid. Uh, I just texted him a picture that uh, he was sitting – I texted him a picture. I had a little clown picture. I was messing with him. I just texted to him uh, a couple of hours ago. But um, that's the thing that's going – again, you always have separators when you're talking about guys being a good basketball player and being successful. And being a good person and being a good kid, that, that's part of it. And, uh, and so um, he's doing a great job of, of learning and, and, and listening and taking the coaching and – and, uh, and then once he gets to know, see, well, his, his, his ceiling is high because once he understands what we're trying to do, once he understands the, the defense, the offense stuff, and he's not really just thinking, uh, that's when his, his ability is going to take over. And we gonna, and, and that's coming. It's coming. We, and we, you know, we're excited to have him. Um, I mean, and, and, and he's the team, you know, I've, I've even heard some of the guys, man, Dan got his first, great first step. You know, and this come from older guys saying that. So, um, you know, he he's he's going to be really good for us. And we look for him to to uh, also, you know, have a, have a good year this year and continue to progress uh, as we move forward. Here's something that jumped out at me. When the old guys were back, right, and Troy was having some fun with Landers and they like, you know, the, the, the pickup games were over and I know you guys can't be in there. Mm -hmm. so you didn't see this. So I'm going to give you my, my view of it. They're all getting ready to go have, you know, there's a catered dinner in the back and it's, it's all the old heads and all the, the team and Troy and, and Landers are going back and forth, and everybody's laughing. Oh, yeah, I do remember that a little bit. I, I left, though, because I'll leave that alone. But I, I do, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Dan was not goofing off. Mm -hmm. Dan had pulled Jacob Evans to the side because Dan knew 
Jake went to the NBA. Jake got drafted by the Warriors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dan knew this. And while all that was going on and those guys were goofing off, Dan pulled Jake aside and spent like 10 minutes with him playing like just little like silly one-on-one games. Yeah. Like just little shooting stuff. But you could tell like that was premeditated by Dan. To me, that's, that's a kid that gets it. That's a kid that knows. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Like, like, I mean, he, I mean, he comes in the office every day uh, just to say hello. I mean, which is, that's important to us. Kids you, you don't do say, that. Yeah, kid, you know, that's to say hello. Not not just, you know, and and I say every day, but, you know, you know a lot, you know. But, uh, again, I just think that he understands where he's trying to go as a basketball player. Yeah. And, and so that makes it, you know, that makes him more, he's seeking out the guys he knows been successful, seeking out the people that he knows that have been successful so he can soak all that knowledge in so then he will be successful. And if he, again, if he continues to do that and continue to work hard and, and he's going to be a good player for us. And I, I, I'd be remiss, CJ Anthony. Oh, that's my man. We can't, we can't do this without talking about CJ. forget CJ. Now, he's I'll gonna, tell you this. I'm going to have him on this network soon. Hey. He had the toughest job, in my opinion. He has one of the toughest jobs. You know what? Because he has to bring it every day in practice. There's no – he has to. And, and coaches on him as hard as anybody because coach told him, there might be a time – your time is coming. And so you got to be ready. We not we not just we we gonna treat all our players treat everybody fairly, um, and we gonna treat everybody and we gonna work everybody tough to get everybody better. That's part of a team, and and, and so CJ man he brings it every day in practice. He's so competitive. Um, I love him to death. Um, I love his family. I got I, and I got to know his family this past year. They you know, this this is a very good testament. You know you got a good a good kid and a good family. His family would come to most of all the games. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't playing. And he wasn't going to play. Right. Yeah. And, 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 I, I, and I'm going to tell this story. I remember my freshman year at South Florida. And we was playing UAB. And uh, my dad drove down from Atlanta, and I didn't get in the game. I was devastated. I bet. My dad, my dad touched me on the show. Hey, son, I just, I'm just here to support y'all. That meant so much to me. And I wish more parents would do that. That meant, but that meant so much. That made me go in the gym, work even harder. So the next time he came, I was going to be on, on the court. And to see his family there at our games this past year, supporting us, um, and, and he was limited in, in his plan. That that means a whole lot to our, to me and and to our staff also. Dave, you got anything before we let Coach go? Man, it's been yeah, fun. I just wanna, I'll ask. Uh... We don't, we don't mess Thank around. Hey, this has been fun. This has been fun. This has been fun. Let's talk ball. I almost, missed, I almost missed this because I, I saw the text message yesterday, and he said, podcast. Oh, I, I said, man, I, I'm out recruiting. I can't do it. He said, no, dollar. I'm talking about tomorrow. I said, oh, I'm in. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. This is what it is. This is UC basketball. You know what I mean? This, this, hey, I can talk about this all day. That's what I, I can talk about this all day. 
Don't oh, say that because we'll keep you here all day. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know me. Hey, then you know Coach Miller gonna get mad because then I'm not because talking. You got recruiting calls today. No. I know you got no. calls today, <laughs> Dave. So I won't I won't put you on the spot and say like you know we're gonna make the tournament, but let's just say if we're gonna have a successful season. What is the one thing you guys are focused on that you think is going to be the biggest key to having a successful season this year? I would say this, and this is something that we are. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> just just bounced. What just happened? <laughs> I think he knew something was about to happen. I had an issue where this streamer just froze, and I got kicked out and had to restart the computer and come back. During that interview, so I hope he's not going through that very same thing. No, but he was like, "Oh," and then I think that's because he saw what was about to happen to his computer. Like the whole <laughs> screen just whited out and said, "We're having troubles." And I'm that like, "That was that was uh, yeah, Coach Miller, mean? Coach Miller intercepting my question, <laughs> being like, do not put us on the spot. Like, do not, you know." I mean, we'll leave him up there. In, like spinning around. Oh, there he goes. Oh, yeah, I think his uh, computer had something happen, whether his internet dropped or or something. But uh, well, that's a bummer. Uh-huh. I was I was just trying to look up too his his playing days at at South Florida to see if they he actually ever played against UC, but I don't I don't know if they did. So he was at South what, Florida when they were yeah, in the what, Sun Belt in the Metro. What year do you know? Ninety. He was there in ninety. To like ninety three, so like three seasons. Um, when was Chuck there? No, Chuck was here because that was the Final Four teams. He no, was I was on... asking when was Chuck there? Like oh, the in the it, no, Chuck was at UCF. Aaron, Chad's calling me. Aaron, jump in for a sec. Okay. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was at USF when the Bearcats were going to. The final, the final four in the uh, elite eight. So I don't, I don't think they uh, squared off against each other quite yet. He has contagious energy. Oh yeah. Well, you got to I mean, you got to, you got to be able to bring it all the time. It's no wonder these kids love him. For sure. Just contagious energy. You can't help but smile when he's smiling. Like, I found myself doing that, and I wasn't even involved in the conversation. I was going to ask him. Obviously, I asked him, you know, what's the one thing that's going to differentiate ourselves from the, you know, putting us in a good season. Then I was going to ask him. Well, hold off, because he might come back. He could still come. You don't want to spoil it, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. What would you think of the uh, player-by-player breakdown? Oh, it's fantastic. I, I, mean, I guess, like, I don't feel like he's one to blow smoke, right? Like, he's not just trying to hype you up just for the sake of hyping up the fans. No. Uh, you know, he I said he's think... sorry. He said <laughs> he just it died. He just it went out. Like, <laughs> I, I guess what Aaron, the problem. He said the answer would have been day-to-day, putting pennies in the jar, Dave. That's a, it's a big Coach West Miller. Thing. I know. Putting pennies in the jar every day. I guess you can tell us what your question would have been then. I was going to say, do you like Skyline as much as Chris LaFour does? Mm-mm. 
<laughs> does, Nobody likes Skyline. Does anybody? Does Chris Laporte, does. I don't Chris think Laporte so. and Dante Corleone. I don't know. John Newman likes it an awful lot. Like, yeah, there's a lot of there's a this, lot of new, the new guys that that are that are that are pretty dedicated about it. As soon as as soon as he came in, he was like, "This is my jam." And now he's like, "When I leave, it's the first thing I have to have when I get back." And yeah. he became, I think, the first representative from the basketball team for uh, yeah. on an NIL deal for Scott. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, Raymond's angling. Oh, I he saw is. That. I, I saw, saw that. that. <laughs> Uh, I saw that picture. Yeah. Tom Man, said, oh, speaking last, of Rayvon, he has a wonderful. Rayvon has a wonderful birthday. Is it yours? It is. Me. Tong said, "Coach Miller unplugged the power cord before right. before Coach Dollar could give away any info." Yeah, m- me, Rayvon, and Mal Glenn. Oh, I got a Mal Glenn answer. About why is eighty-seven? Why he's number eighty-seven now? Yeah, and so he doesn't have to report. For his position on field goal. Oh, okay. So where he's at on field goal, if he had the offensive line number, he would have to report. Um, But because he's he's wearing eighty seven now, he doesn't have to report. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Not not a position switch to. uh... (laughs) Not a position switch to tight end. No, a special teams (laughs) clerical issue. Yeah. Um, but look, if you wanted UC basketball information, that's 50 minutes. And he said he was going to give us 30 and I, I felt bad for holding him on that extra 20, but we were, we were rolling. Dave didn't talk for like half an hour. I'm sorry. He, he only had 30 minutes worth of, of battery on the computer. It was great. No, I'm, I'm, I get a, I got a bye week too. Yeah. You got a little bit of a bye week here. It's perfect. But that's look. I know everybody is clamoring for as much basketball content as we can get. Kelly's coming home tonight, so I'm hoping I can get to practice tomorrow, hopefully, uh, to get some uh, get my eyes on some things. Hopefully, be uh, at practice tomorrow with next week's guest on this year' podcast uh, as we go basketball again to open the show. But this time, I'll let Dave talk. Hey. You're more than welcome to steer that ship. <laughs> well, I mean, we were just running through the roster. Like right. I, I don't think it made made a lot of made a lot of difference on. Well, no, who was asking the I haven't seen any of these guys do anything in <laughs> right twelve well, months. It's not exactly like you watched last year, anyway. That's a good, fair point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was a casual observer at times. It's funny because it's true. Yeah, because I would be like, Dave, we have to do a podcast. And Dave's like, I'm not interested in watching this team. Like, <laughs> you'll figure it out. <laughs> it's your job. This is your company. You'll figure it out. Okay. Yes. The problem was Berg also was like, I'm not Checked watching this. all the way out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. No, I will be so, much much more uh, pot committed this, this season. Has our preseason content started to get you a little bit more excited about basketball season, Dave? Or is it just the recruiting that's like sucking everybody back in? I think it's the rec- I think it's the recruiting. I think we're, you know, gotta see some. It's it's I think tangible it's hard. results. Yeah, like just like you know, just get get to playing, and you know the recruiting is obviously wonderful, and 
hopefully keeps keeps progressing. But you're kind of at that point now where it's like, yeah, you're excited for the season because it's it it does feel like it's a lot closer. But you're you're just like, okay, let's just get there. Like, let's just play some play some games, get an idea of of what guys are, who's improved, the new guys, um, and just kind of get things going from from that standpoint. It also feels better knowing this is a team that's not. We knew last year this was a team that was a team that was going to have serious limitations on the offensive end. It feels like with this group, while they're I don't think they're going to be like, you know, Loyola Marymount from the 90s, I do think there are a lot more answers to the questions when you talk about this team on offense in 2022-23. For sure. I I just think overall the team, you know, the 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 possibilities are just a lot higher. Yeah. Uh, you know, you had to really stretch and and do a whole lot of if this happens and if this happens and if this happens, then we might be able to have a pretty successful season. I don't think you have to to strain too hard to be like, yeah, I think this team can be. I think we've mentioned it at some point in one of the recent shows was like, just be like in a position in February that if you play good basketball, you've got a good shot to make the tournament. Right. Like, I don't think that's a unrealistic expectation. I don't think I'm going to, I'm not going to sit here and go like, you know, we need to be a lock come Valentine's day or something. No, I don't, I don't see that, but like put yourself in position that if you do the things you need to do, you know, in February and then you're in the conference tournament that you feel good about it. Right. And I think this team is, is positioned to do that. I mean, I, I, again, when we went through this last year, right before the season, we all thought 18, 19 win team somewhere in that range. That's exactly where they ended up. I think this year is 22, 23, maybe more. And, you know, especially the schedule is not exactly a, a gauntlet. Um, I agree, UCF super fan. It's a foundational year heading into the Big 12. I, I don't see another abysmal year. I, I don't. And I don't think last year was abysmal. It, the end was abysmal. I think there was a lot of promise all the way up until, you know, about the second week in February. And then offensively, they just didn't have the And, and as Coach Dollar said, and I talk about this all the time. Once you put stuff on tape anymore, there's so much technology, and Aaron and I talked about this the other night. There's so much technology that everything you do is dissected, like, to the millionth degree. And if you have critical flaws like that team had offensively, finding a way to mask those as you get into playing teams for the second time in conference play, um, even the teams that aren't good, you're in trouble. This team should have more ways to answer. Should should have more ways uh, to solve the to solve the equation of I what just, teams are trying. To I do. just think they should try to run the make shots offense every game. They should run that more. They they should be able to run that offense more this year. Landers Nolly should allow you to do that. I did want to bust coach Coach Dollar's chops. He was not a very good free throw shooter in college. That's why he knows how important it is 
to get these guys working on free throws. He had a, he had a very nice assist to turnover ratio, but his uh, free throw percentage left a lot to be desired. I'm sure he would have got a kick out of that. <laughs> Look, once you're uh, once you're on for the first time, and especially for as engaging and as as entertaining and fun as that interview was, I got a feeling we'll be hearing a lot more from Chad Dollar uh, on this network going forward. Hope so. Um, yes, me too, because that was fantastic. And Coach Morgan's been fantastic when he's come on, and. Um, Chris Lepore has been awesome. DJ has been awesome. I don't know that we'll ever get Mike Roberts because I think he needs to be on like a day of after dark. Yeah, that would Roberts would be an after dark episode. <laughs> he talks like me when I'm not on the mic, and when I am on the mic, it's not exactly rated, you know, PG, right? Right. Um, let's get to uh, I think, I think we can. We can nip that in the bud on basketball for now. We, we yeah. got an hour of basketball in on the bye week. I'm happy with that. I think that's, you know, outstanding. And we're going to get some more basketball next week as uh, sure. as Tobes jumps in and joins us next week. He couldn't make it to practice before the show. He's going to practice tomorrow. So next week he will have practice uh, in his in his repertoire. Uh, and be able to uh, to talk with us about it, what he's seen and what he thinks. Um, football, Dave, anything left over from South Florida? I mean, no. I think we were in about the same boat. Look, they didn't play great. They did not play There's good. A lot to clean up. Yeah. I, I do think South Florida played, according to their game plan and what they wanted to do, they played really well. Is it on UC for not taking some of that stuff away? Sure. Absolutely. Um, but you get a win, you, you keep things moving. You, you don't have a bad loss on your schedule. Uh, and especially you're losing when Evan Prater enters the game and you exit with a win. That's important. I think for the long-term health of the program. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have much else to, to say. You're going to have, you know, you're going to have your games where you just don't play your best. The other team has good, Good game plan, regardless of talent. I mean, UC should have, you know, should have beat them by more. I don't think that's that's not really up for debate. Like, uh, but I'm not gonna, you know, my just personality isn't gonna be like, uh, you know, like pitchforks and and you know, bl- fire and and everything. Like, fire I just and brimstone. I just and don't don't look at it that way. But I mean, there are there are things they need to clean up and. You because know, you're going to have this two-game stretch here that defines the season. The next two able, games define the season. You're not going to be able to play like that. Right. Um, you can't just be like, oh, it was another weird game, blah, blah, blah. Like, if, you're, if your goal, and we know what their goal is, their goal is to win the conference championship. Um, and, you know, you win these two games, and you have a massive, massive leg up on – uh, hopefully making it happen. You lose one, you lose both. I mean, both are probably not even, no chance. One, maybe still have a chance, but um, yeah, you just you gotta gotta get things going in certain areas. Um, I did. I looked at some numbers, comparatively speaking, from from this year to last year, and obviously last year you're talking 14 games. You're talking. Notre Dame, Alabama, conference championship. So it's not apples to apples. 
But I just wanted sure. to see. I just wanted to see like how are some of the key things that I look at comparing to how they did last year. And surprise, not may, maybe surprisingly, maybe not surprisingly, a lot of the numbers are like practically identical. The, the biggest number that jumped out to me, the biggest variation. Yeah. Opponent third down percentage. Brutal. They are bad on third down. Bad. 44.3% they're allowing on third down Mm -hmm. through six games. Last year, they allowed 34%. Yeah. So you have a 10% difference in third down, allowing third downs. Um, I mean, that's just a huge number as far as like, one, getting the other team off the field, but two, giving your offense more opportunities because scoring offense is up. Uh, passing yards per attempt is up. Quarterback rating is up. Completion percentage is up. Uh, third down conversion offensively is down. Basically, the, it's basically the same. Okay. It was. It's 38.7. Last year, it was 39.5. The last two games are down. Yes. Uh, yards per carry is down 0. 0.4 yards. So, I mean, you know, not even a half a yard difference. Yeah. Again, we're talking about playing Alabama factory into this, you know, so it is not, sure. a, it's not a perfect situation, but it was just interesting to, to look at those things. Statistically like, is, is eerily similar to a season ago. Yeah. So they're averaging about a penalty and a half more a game. And then the third down defensive numbers. I mean, everything from like a defensive sacks, tackles for loss, uh, yards yards per play uh, is better this year. Opponent completion percentage is better. Yards per attempt was better allowed was a slightly better point three yards uh, better last year. So, I mean, they're they're right on pace with a lot of the sim a lot of the same things last year's team did. Again. Opponents obviously factor into that. Fourteen games versus six; um, you know, those numbers can can change drastically over the next two weeks. But I just wanted to see, like, if there were any others besides the third down number that were like a a big variance, and there really isn't. If if there's one area that this team needs to do self scouting over this bye week, it's third down. For me, like, I, I think that's just the one thing because it, it hasn't been, they've been bad in third and short or they've been bad in third and medium or they've been bad in third and long. The defense has been bad in basically third and everything. Third and everything. I mean, yeah, it's third down defense and I think it's first down offense. I think that's fair. Um, I think I would absolutely agree with you there. You know, Everybody always first wins. down offense is putting them in bad third down offense. Exactly. A lot of people will talk about oh, third down, they're not converting on th- well, if every third down is third and third, seven, third and six or more, then yeah, that's hard to convert. Right. You're totally take you're basically more times than not taking one aspect of your offense out of the equation. Right. So I think it's it's how do we, you know, the the middle game. Uh, I feel like it's something that they can self-scout. Like, the running game has been productive the last two weeks. 
the the explosive passing game that we'll see Tyler Scott's status, um, how that affects that. But the explosive passing game has been fairly strong all season. But and this is where those tight end tight ends come into play. Trey Tucker comes into play. Like on first down, you know, getting four, five, six yards on first down. I think is the is kind of the next evolution for this offense and not being either like a 15 20 yard play or a two yard play. Right. Um and I think they did a better job of that against South Florida. They that there's they they only had seven third downs the whole game. They went two for seven. But the percentage is bad. So they were they in they weren't in a lot of third downs. Right. So I think that's where you can then see kind of the the evolution is okay. What are our what are our best plays on first down? That you know, are we you know how much are we running on first down? We're obviously running running on, out of the gun. I mean, they very rarely ever go under center, so we're running out of the gun. What do those runs look like? What are our passes look like? Is everything still trying to be in that? 10 to 20 yard range with the occasional explosive or are we, is there something we can do to kind of just do something quicker, quick game, um, get the ball in people's hands and, and how do we grow, grow in that regard? So, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, I think everything hits at a good time. Uh, it'll be interesting. You know, we'll get it. Well, obviously we won't talk about it this week. Uh, we'll get into it next week, but, SMU is in a kind of a precarious situ position. They're battling They're a lot of injuries. They're battling a lot of injuries, especially at wide receiver. And they've lost three in a row. Now they have to play Navy, who that will give them a totally different look than anybody they've played. And you see, and just put up a 50 burger against Tulsa. So they have a lot of confidence going into this game. So, you know, and you know, they're going to be Navy's physical, you know, that they're, uh, they're gonna, I'm not going to say be dirty, but like they're going to border on the line of what's legal from a blocking standpoint. Right. So it's just, it's, if I've lost three games in a row and I've got the, you know, conference favorite, whatever, Next week, Navy is the is not the team I want to have to play right because now. there is a hangover after playing Navy, typically, right? Because of how physical they are. I mean, you're already not. There's no way they could be super confident going into the game after what happened in Orlando. No. And now you've got to play this team, and you know what kind of game it's going to be. And then you got to turn around. I think they play Friday night, so they do get an extra day. But I mean, then you got to turn around, and now you got to play a team that is going to play another very, very. I mean, because UCF did. I mean, their defense has been very, very good this year. You're going to end up playing three, three really physical games in a row. Would you agree uh, with me that UCF is and UCF has probably been the best defense in the conference so far? Yeah, I would. I don't, I don't have a real issue saying that. I mean, they've played. Some some better offenses than UC as well. Right, that's kind of where I was coming from, and nobody scored over twenty on them. I mean, they they have uh, in some you know it's it's close now. I mean, I know in some of the stuff that I look at, they're ahead of UC 
Yeah. I think they're one spot ahead of UC and Sagarin. They are slightly ahead of UC and FEI. Um, so, I mean, they're playing well. What they, I was impressed with their defense against SMU. And their past, their past defense has been really good. Um, you know, so – and if UC doesn't do a lot better job against running a running quarterback, it doesn't matter. It won't matter if John Rice Pumley can't complete passes because they'll just run for 300 yards and control the game. Right. No, it's it, – we're setting up for maybe the most interesting stretch in conference play that UC has had. In this conference, yeah, I mean, I'm still not too. I'm, I do, I'm not real worried about SMU. Um, their defense I, for me, it's just on the road. Like this, this is it's, UC has not been at their best on the road. No, I thought they played. They played well enough at Tulsa. I thought. I mean, it was still a ten point. It was. It was. It was a one score game in the fourth quarter. It's like or in late in the third quarter, whatever it was. Yeah. But. But if you're playing a high-powered attack like SMU, they hit one throw on you, and all of a sudden, like I, I'm, I'm not saying they were bad on the road against uh, no. Tulsa, but they haven't been at their best on the road. That does create pause. Well, um, those teams aren't though. So right, of course, you're better at home than you are on the road. Obviously, uh, that's why they call it home field advantage because there's an advantage. Um. Let's go. I, I hate grades. I think grades are dumb. But we are at the halfway point. But let's point. do them anyway. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do grades. <laughs> We're at the halfway point. We're at the bye. I think that's great. Get your bye right in the middle of the season. I got the hiccups for some reason. <laughs> let's go each, each segment. Of pass offense, pass defense, run offense, run defense, and special teams. Okay. Um, in terms of where you thought this team would be um, as we hit the bye. Pass offense. I will give the pass offense a B plus. I think I'm not asking for grades. Just oh, you, you just told on... me. You just said we were doing grades. No, I said I don't like grades. <laughs> okay. I don't like grades. Is it in, in your perspective – where you thought it would be better or worse? Uh, I think it's a little bit better. I was not expecting the explosives to be. I mean, I guess I don't know. They've just hit on a lot of explosives, and that's been yeah. a. Well, Tyler a more, Scott's been amazing. more of a more of a focal point. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Scott's had a great start to the year. It's been more of a focal point uh, down the field passing game than we've seen in the in the previous couple seasons. I would say that I think they need to do a better job in in pass protection. Some of that is on, has been on Ben. He does hold the ball a little too long at times, trying to, to have things open up for him. So they do need He's to He's not be afraid a, to get hit. No, but they, I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're uh, you know, they're, they're that, averaging. That could be a bad thing. Yeah. They're about two and, a half, two and a half sacks a game right now. It could be a little bit better. And then just, you know, it seems like there's, you know, one or two throws every game whether it's an interception or an almost interception. So just being a little bit more judicious with the ball. But, I mean, he's completing, you know, almost 70% of his passes. Um, you know, the the mechanics of the offense are, from the passing standpoint are, are flowing well. You don't see a lot of, like, just total mis, 
missed throws or you know wrong route this way and the ball goes over here like not a lot of miscommunication so i would say it's it's a little better than than i would have expected coming in but uh um still has some room to to grow on some things that they can can figure out i'm going to make an analogy here and maybe this will make things better or worse for people better or worse <laughs> depending on how they take this uh with the with the an hour of basketball talk tonight when you have a big play pass offense, intermediate and deep, you, you don't throw short a ton. You're pushing the ball downfield. It's a lot like having a team that shoots a lot of three-pointers. Because when you get hot, you're hotter than shit. And when you're cold, it drops off a cliff. Like, there's not teams that just shoot 42% like consistently, right? They shoot 50% or 35%, right? Or, or, you know, you get really hot and you have one of those games, you go, you know, 10 for 17 from three. And Ben has had times where he's gone 10 of 17 from three because he's just boom, 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 and racking up 300 yards and a half like he did against Arkansas or whatever it was. And then there are times you go two for 12. And we've seen some of the two for 12. This just hit me. So it just popped into my brain. I haven't workshopped this idea. He basically did that in the Indiana game. I mean, he threw for 350 in the first half and four touchdowns and then couldn't throw it in the ocean in the second half. Right. Do you like that analogy when when you're talking about a big play? Offense, especially at the college level, like in the NBA or in the NFL, there's not as many peaks and valleys. But in college basketball, there are teams that go out and hit seven, eight, nine threes in the first half that go one of ten in the second half. Like I think that's just the nature of a big play offense is that sometimes you're going to be hotter than shit, sometimes you're going to be cold, and there's very little time where you're just a standard completing 70 per, you know 68% of your passes um you know for you know 8 12 13 yards of completion. Yeah, I mean I think that's where the short improvements or more emphasis on the short passing game comes in. Right. And the increased uh, ability to run the ball. More layups. Yeah, you need to just you know, more layups. You need to be able to hand the ball to Chuck or Corey or Monty yeah. or whoever and just be like, "Hey, we only really need four yards here. Like, just get four yards. And then, we're, the in, and then we're in sec- second and six, and we can kind of run whatever we want. Because if we don't get it, third and six is not the end of the world. Again, my brain is working on this, workshopping this. It's the analytics of basketball now, right? It's not just shoot threes. It's threes and layups. Take the layups, right? You're yeah. going to shoot the threes. And you're not going to shoot the mid-range jumpers. Take the free two points. Like right. when, the de- when the defense is telling you, like... If you got an open layup, like, just put the damn ball in the basket. Right. When the defense is saying, we're going to give you four yards, just take the four yards. Don't be like, no, we still want to throw the 15-yard dig. Right. That's covered. I, I, I think I'm on to something here, Dave. I think I've got a, a pretty pretty good analogy in terms of where UC's offense is at right now. They're not taking enough layups. 
They're shooting a ton of threes. Sometimes they're hot, sometimes they're cold. Maybe take some more layups. I think this is a, a good question from Fake John Goble, but one that we can't answer because we don't know the progression of the right. play. Right. So when teams get cold from deep, coaches will tell them just take the layup. Can Ben process things fast enough when the deep pass isn't there to hit the more consistently hit layups? One, where is he reading it? Is he are they having him read it from from I mean you're reading your routes, you know, my A, B, C or one, two, three, but like who what are those routes? Right. Is if the third route is your short route, then he's either, you know, he might not get to it because it, the deep route is open or there's not enough time to get to the the third route. So it's just it's hard to say, like, how should they take the layup, so to speak, because I don't have any idea, like, on a particular play, like, who is who is the first throw? You know, if it's a – if it's an, you know, if they're making a, a call at the line and they're adjusting and – there's a they see pressure coming so they're they're calling out a hot a hot route or hot read like that would typically be a shorter throw um but i don't know how many teams have been truly doing that because they're afraid to get burned over the top because i mean the more bodies you bring then you leave guys in single coverage so you haven't seen a lot of like full on pressure similar to how you see for instance pressured you know Tulsa I get so I get what you're asking it's hard to answer without knowing the progression of the play right fair run off run offense rush offense uh better but not as good as I anticipated I think the refreshing thing against South Florida is we finally started to see holes right like like actual run through here, not like uh, fight for your life and see how many yards you can get after contact. Yeah. I but, mean, come, come into the season, we looked at it as like five returning starters and all these running backs were like, they better be able to run the ball. And obviously the things changed with Renfro and Joe Huber and, and, and Mike Cummings. Yeah. So I think that's important to note that like, they had never blocked in the run game in the system. I think pass blocking, while it's complicated, is is also just a matter of keep that guy away from this guy. Right? Like, don't let your guy get to the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, there's still some with, like, ETs and TEs and, sure. and, and passing guys off, and that can be hard when you have a new center who's calling these things out and you have a new right tackle who's never worked really with the – right guard in a game and how they want to handle these, these games from the defensive line. Um, but yeah, the running part of it is, you know, is a harmonious thing too. And it, I just, it didn't click at first. It seems to be clicking better. Um, you know, I thought I mentioned on Sunday morning, I thought Chuck ran with more power than I've ever seen him run before. Like we've always talked about him as a speed guy yeah. And an elusive guy, but I mean they ran him up the middle and he was 
dragging tacklers and breaking tackles and and decisive hitting holes, not like like and there were in, and like you said, there were there were holes there. It wasn't like you know the running back is kind of hemmed in and they're bouncing stuff or they're you know they're making a guy miss in the hole that's not blocked. Like it was overall a much a much cleaner, much better, even so than Tulsa. Like Tulsa, they ran for a bunch of yards, but that was mainly buoyed off of three carries. Uh, you know, you had a 60-yard run, a 50-yard run, and a 19-yard touchdown. Right. So you had, you know, 130-ish yards on three carries. This game, the South Florida game, was much more of a consistent run-by-run uh, run effort to get to where they ended up from a total yardage standpoint. Um, Joe Huber, I think, would be my by far biggest revelation of this season. I'm wondering, Dave, is he destined for left tackle going forward? Not this year, but you're, you don't really have anyone behind James Tunstall to play left tackle. Joe Huber has been excellent. And I'm not an offensive line guru by any stretch of the imagination, but I can't remember really thinking like, Ooh, Huber. I mean, I think maybe two times this season, I remember, Huber, Huber got really beat on that one. Yeah. Like he has been, you talk about fight, like mining for gold and just finding a late bloomer along the offensive line. That dude has been fantastic. I think he might be the long-term answer at left tackle like next year and beyond. Could Unless be. they just go out and get a stud in the transfer portal. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say, but I, I'm sure those things are are open for conversation after the season. Sure. I also think he's answered every task that they've put in front of him, right? Oh yeah. I mean, there's no, there's there's. It's very hard to to think that that through six games, uh, that's the type of production you would you would get. You know, from a walk-on that nobody knew his name going into spring football. Right. When I dropped his name, Joe Huber is, is running with the ones. Everybody was like, I've never heard that name. Is he right. is he Wilson Huber's brother? Is he related <laughs> to Kevin? No, no, he's not. Um, run defense, Dave. This is a controversial one because the numbers are great, but they've had slip-ups. Predominantly are, with running quarterbacks. The numbers are helped from the sack yardage. Sure, but that count, but, like that's the no, way they do things in college. So yeah, right. Yeah, I'm just saying from like a strictly like yards per carry. Sure. It's if you're just talking about running backs yards per carry or, or non-sack yards per carry, it's it's obviously not going to be anywhere near as right. good as as it is. Um, I think it's been fine. Is that is that a thing I can I can say? Like, yeah, I think that's fair. I don't even against South Florida. Like, you had a couple misses that you'd like to clean up, but after the first quarter, like Brian Batie basically did nothing. Um, you had had issues with the run against Tulsa the last two years. They didn't do anything on the ground. Um. You know, 
Arkansas did some some stuff, whether it was KJ Jefferson or their running backs, and again, UCF, same type of dudes. So, you know, we're gonna have to to work on that for them. But I mean, I don't think it's been bad. I don't. It hasn't been great. Like, I'm kind of just in the middle on that one. Okay. I mean, I, yeah. I I do think having the presence this year at defensive tackle at nose to be to be more run oriented has been a big help. Um, and I think Ivan Pace, obviously, just creating havoc has been, you know, an unexpected more of a help as well. Pass defense. This is an interesting one. The numbers are very good. Also, aided by the pressure and the sacks, not necessarily um, in the in the yards per catch and, and, and those type of things because those, you know, the sacks go against the rushing game like we talked about. But I think the pass defense has been better than I expected, maybe more than any other area because they haven't been, quote unquote, exposed really to yeah, this point. I won't I would for me the pass rush is better way better than I expected and would be the, the most uh that's also part of pass defense. Right. But I'm just saying if I'm breaking it up D line, DBs, stuff like sure. that. Sure. I see what you're I get what you're um, No, I think it has been better because you're than maybe than I expected just because like We've, we've talked about this so many times, but like teams are throwing to all sides of the field now. Um, you really haven't seen, I'm sure there's been a couple here and there, but like you haven't just seen any, you haven't seen any plays like Tyler Scott against Coverage breaks. Right. Um, I think the, the one issue that I've had is for some reason they've been like, bad on third and long and I, I think it's coverage. I think it's I think it's zone so it's like, like I, when they don't get home with pressure on third and long they're they're allowing like just too many completions on on that which it just doesn't make sense like even if you were only rushing three and you're dropping and, eight you shouldn't be giving up third 17 and guys are generally dropping eight guys and guys are generally open on those third downs, which makes me wonder, like, are they being as aggressive on third as they are in yeah, it's, coverage? It's are they being like, as aggressive on third as they are on first and second? It's not like dudes are making ridiculous right. catches and you're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Can't. I mean, like, Tulsa could, what, two or three third and longs. You know, one, they ran a bunch formation and we just got mixed up on. Another one, I mean – it's like third and seventeen, and they throw it to Keelan Stokes for twenty-two. It's like that. Did that surprise you guys? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I would say, as a whole, it's been pretty good. Um, you know, like we said, no coverage busts, blown assignments, guys just running all over the place. But I, I think in specific instances, it it can be a lot better. Yeah. I think they can get their they need to get their hands on some more footballs. I think that's 
fair. I mean, I, obviously that was a big problem against USF. They didn't get home. No sacks, no turnovers. Yeah, I mean, he only threw it 21 times for 121 yards, but... The pass defense was was still okay, but they... Right. The, but, the, I mean, when, like, when, the, the two touchdown throws, especially the one at the beginning of the fourth quarter, like, there was nothing special about that. The safeties came up yeah. way too fast, and he just threw it, you know, a, a very simple post route, basically. It's a good throw. Yeah, but, I mean... It was but really, the defense has to be better in defending it. He, any made any division one starting quarterback should be able to make that throw. Yeah. Uh special teams. Well, we we've started to take my philosophy of don't kick field goals, so I appreciate that. Coe's um, been solid. He has not been great, but he's been solid. He's been fine. better. Kickoffs are fine. Uh punting's been great. Punting's been all American level. Um, Coverage has been all American level. Um, not a lot of kickoff returns, but there's just not a lot of kickoff returns in football anymore. No. Find a guy that can kick it to, like to the middle of the end zone, and nobody's going to return it. No. And punt return when Ryan Montgomery's been healthy has been very good. Yeah. Um, I, I would like special teams has been outstanding. I think. Yeah. I expected but it to be go good, and, and they've been good. I would go A. I wouldn't go A plus necessarily. I would go no, A. No, no one's getting an A plus. Well, like if 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 they were perfect on field goals, I might give them an A plus in special teams because they've done everything else at a pretty high level. Yeah. I don't like grades. They're stupid. Hey, your show's on Monday, pal. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say I wasn't allowed to give them. I just said I don't. I think it's. I think it's dumb. <laughs> I think it's dumb, but I'm going to give. One, I'm going to give one anyway. I'm just. I gave one. I gave one <laughs> because that one I can confidently say. I think they're doing everything you know that they need to do on special teams. No, it's been outside good. Outside of a couple missed field goals. Um, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot else tonight. Do you? Anything else you want to get into? Um, the commissioner for the ACC said they're working very hard on expanding the playoff for 2024. So that's fun. Yeah. I mean, then he also said that he wants to expand the basketball tournament, which makes me want to punch a wall. I mean, look. If the end result is we get an extra round of the basketball tournament, like I'm not going to hate it, but I don't think it's necessary. If that makes sense. Like, just think of, like, there does, I mean, I get it. Like, you have 300 and something teams now in, in Division One. I, I mean, that's, that's a different conversation. Like, that teams in some of these leagues, especially for basketball, are competing against Duke and Kentucky and and UC Kansas, you know, whoever you want to put in that group, like that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. Here's where this is coming from. What they want to do is they want to expand the tournament and then kick out the automatic bids. Which I hate. I hate it too. I hate that idea. Like, 
But that's the power five controlling the autonomous five. Right. Controlling the situation because, okay, we'll give you this where you can now, maybe you can be a two bid league. Maybe now you, in a great year, you can be a three bid league because there's 96 teams in the tournament and you can get three teams in. Or we just. But you're also telling 10 conferences, you're not getting anybody yet. Right. Like, you think the winner of the MIAC is getting in? Right. You know, like, come on. You're telling the 15 and 16 seeds, we're done with you. Yeah. Aaron's on the water. No more more NCAA tournament. Not that he cares. Right state, wrong school. They've been, they, but see, but they've been good, and they've, they, you know, the Horizon League has been a good league, and they have beaten good teams to get to go to the tournament. Like, you know, if you're going to do that, if you're going to get rid of the automatic bid, then you should just, like, then just get rid of the conference tournaments, and everybody that wins their regular season just automatically goes. Then Butler made it to a championship. It did. Butler. Three NBA guys and Brad Stevens as their head coach. Regardless, they were still Horizon League. Yeah. They should have won. I I just don't I just don't like I don't like the idea of expanding that because you know who gets in now? You like seven and like six and whatever the number of games comes out. Yeah, we're already we're already at sixty-eight. The big teams ten, that are like seven and ten in their conference. The Big Ten team that goes like seven and ten is going to make eight and you know seven eight and eleven ten, yeah. is going to yeah. make it now. Like I don't need to right. see them play any more games. They had eighteen chances in conference to be other good teams, and they could they, they seven do it. of those chances. I don't need to see any more of that. Right. It's a byproduct of joining a super conference. Yeah, that's and, that, and that's what it comes down to, Aaron. That's where you're exactly right. And maybe we do this as a as a nightcap just to expand on things, but that's what it comes down to is is the commissioners of these leagues are looking at you know a sixteen team league and thinking you know we have to get it we have to get at least half of our teams in yeah we're gonna get eight in well we want ten we want eleven so we only have five or six teams that miss the tournament. And it's going to be at the expense of the little guy. Mm-hmm. But UC's going to the Big 12. That's a really hard conference to win. So I'd like to see them have a chance in the year that they went 7-11, have a chance to <laughs> get the tournament. Like, we're, yeah. you know, we've switched seats, Dave. We've upgraded our season tickets. That's right. We're in the, <laughs> front, of, front of the airplane now. I don't care about whether you peons in the back get, <laughs> get a snack and a drink. Like, I want right. my... I want my champagne. Right. I want to be left alone. I want my bourbon on the rocks and everybody else just shut the hell up in the back of the plane. That's right. Close the partition. I don't want to know what's we got our own bathroom. We've got our own bar cart. Those guys back there, not my concern. <laughs> we want our 42 inch seat pitch. <laughs> ah, good one, Lambig. All right, I, I think we're good. I think that was um, a nice little midseason roundup, an excellent conversation with associate head coach Chad Dollar. 
that if you want to know how practice is going, now you know. Chad Dollar gave you the dirt on everybody on the team. I think that's mission accomplished for tonight, Dave. Yeah. I have to warn everybody about the Sunday show. Warning. As we're starting to feel like 98 over here. Uh Uh-oh. And uh, if if the boys pull one off on Saturday... I might be in, in rough shape Sunday morning. <laughs> Is that a night game? No, it's 3.30, but we have a res- a late reservation at the new Jeff Ruby's downtown uh-huh. after it. Okay. So, oh, so you're taking me out for my birthday? No, not at all. I'm going out for my birthday. <laughs> going out for my birthday. But uh, yeah, so if the Vols get the win. Could, could be a, a fun night, and could be a rough, a rough Sunday morning. That's fair. That's fair. Have you seen? It, much, I mean, it's a bye week. It's not have like you've seen you know, how much tickets are going for for this this game. Uh, Dave, no, I haven't. Just to get in the building, three fifty. I mean. Tennessee, Alabama. What, what Tennessee's in the top ten, right? Yeah, there's six, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Are you? Like, I'm surprised you're not going to be down there like sailgating. Oh no, I, I, my buddy has. I have friends that have tickets, but they're not. They're not giving them up. Yeah, no, no extras. I have a buddy that he's got his on the market for like two grand over to make two thousand on each one. And if he sells them, he's like, I'll just figure out another way to, to get in. Like, if you make four thousand dollars, right? What's paying five hundred bucks then to go to the, buy another ticket to go to the game? Right. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. So we'll see if Bryce Young plays. We'll see if, if the Vols can uh, can end quite the streak. They, uh, I believe, they're O for the last fifteen. And only two of those have been decided by like less than two touchdowns. It hasn't been a close series. Not, especially not since uh, <laughs> Nick Saban has been there. <laughs> that which was is, a bad hire for Tennessee. Which the whole thing that, that like that this is happening with Josh Heupel is just, you know, it's, it's very wild to me. But Your emotions have to be... Uh, very, very confused. Oh, I mean, I'm hey, pr- keep proving me wrong. That's all I care. Uh, right now, Matt, the spread is Alabama minus seven. I mean, I like Tennessee action there because it's not like this Alabama team. Is Bryce Young gonna play? Well, that's the thing. We, we don't know. Um, if he doesn't, I don't see how Alabama wins with that other dude, uh, Will Anderson. Tennessee's got a good line. That's like they're going to lead the nation in fewest sacks allowed. Here, here's something the Bengals could take from them. Tennessee is 17 of 17 scoring touchdowns on goal-to-go situations. That sounds pretty good. Maybe maybe Zach can take maybe a look Zach at that Don't get me started. Run some of those plays. I'll, was... I'll, I'll, I'll connect him with Josh. <laughs> I don't know if you watched PTP last night, but I was literally screaming for a half hour. 
<laughs> Maybe just, during football season, we need to give Dave and Aaron like a Bengals channel to to, to talk Bengals every night. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was that was not great. But... Be better than the AAC. <laughs> well, you're that you're you're never leaving that behind, my friend. It's your lot in life these days. But American Athletic Conference, Aaron, AAC, Aaron. AAC AA Ron. <laughs> oh, I, I will say uh 2023 Big 12 football schedule will be coming out in November. Yeah. I, I thought for a while that it was October. They made it, there was a, a comment today that it will be in November. No specific time yet. Uh confirm not a surprise, but uh confirmed that it will be a 14 team league for 2023 season. And uh AAC Ron. <laughs> AAC Ron. That's right. And then maybe tomorrow, Dave. A little uh a little always sunny in Philadelphia. Flip 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 Philadelphia. Stay tuned. That was such a great episode. It was. It's, it's not really. A, is it really a flip though? Now, since something happened he, tonight, he decommitted. He we're, we're talking about um, his, his name, Brian Sims. Brian Sims the third. The third. Brian Sims the third. The third. Esqu- have the same rank Esqu- as George Esquire. Washington. Sir Court Mattress Patrick. Former Boston College commit Brian Sims the third defensive lineman. Defensive lineman that visited. There's some, there's some stuff on the board right now. Go to BearcatJournal.com if you want more of that. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna figure out where my wife is because she was supposed to be home like an hour, almost an hour ago. Still not home. Not home yet. No. She was being. You know how was, getting discharged from the hospital. See, she was just being courteous to us. Yeah, she wanted us to get this done. And, you know, I appreciate that. I appreciate the kindness. Um, So we're going to get out of here. It was a great show, um, especially for a bye week. Coach Dollar. Happy, happy, happy to have Coach Dollar now officially in the network, part of the family. And uh, looking forward to uh, utilizing uh, his talents much more often. And I'm sure Wes will be happy that I'm bugging somebody other than him to do that. (laughs) Let's get out of here. He's Dave Simone. Thank you to the best executive producer in the city, Aaron Smith. I'm Chad Brendel. We'll see you next week. It's the BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com.